running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your hosts, Jerry Napoleonello and Kevin Donlin. Welcome to another episode of Running Up the Score. I'm Jerry Napoleonello. He's Kevin Donlin. We're going to get started talking some football here. It's weird because of no preseason games. It's like the season really kind of snuck up on us. We're like two weeks away from week one. So over the next couple of episodes... We're going to preview the divisions. We're going to go over the records and what we think is going to happen in those divisions. And obviously, we can't talk about football without fantasy football, especially when my co-host is a fantasy football guru. Not last year. (laughs) (laughs) On this episode, we're going to preview uh, defenses, what you should look for when it comes to fantasy. So let's hop right into it. Running up the score NFL preview. AFC East, Buffalo Bills. We're going to start with the AFC East. We'll start with the Buffalo Bills, you know, the team that I think is going to win this division. We're going to discuss why. <laughs> so the Buffalo Bills, they ended 10-6 and last year. They were 3-3 three and three in the division. They were able to re-sign, you know, some guys, nothing crazy. The big additions, obviously, was Stefan Diggs through a trade. Josh Norman they signed, Mario Addison, you know, Quinton Jefferson, Vernon Butler, Tywan Jones, Daryl Williams, EJ Gaines. You know, they, they had some pretty good additions adding to a team that made the playoffs last year and got through the first round last year as well. Josh Allen, another year under his belt. I think it's just... You know, the Bills are a, a team to be looking for when it comes to the AFC. No, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> there's no arguing with you on that. I think the Buffalo Bills have one of the scariest defenses in football. It makes it, uh, even like we talked about with fantasy, it'll be a tough matchup. You know, you're not going to want your guys playing the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're going to stop a lot of people this year, aside from, you know, Patrick Mahomes, which I don't think anyone can stop. But. You know, when it comes to the AFC East, it's wide open. You know, me being a Jet fan, so obviously my hopes are going towards the New York Jets. But, you know, there's no doubt the Buffalo Bills do exist. They are a powerhouse right now. I would say the one thing that's holding them back would be Josh Allen. Um, one of those that's not a believer just yet. I think in fantasy purposes, he's a great player with being able to use his legs and, you know, find ways to move the ball. And that's exactly the kind of formula Buffalo is going to want. They're going to want to run the football and they're going to want to play defense. So they'll go as high as he goes. Yeah. And, you know, I think Josh Allen, there's improvement to be made coming into this season. I think he's aware of that. It'll be interesting to see what we see because, uh, you know, from a Jet perspective, I felt like both games against Buffalo were really good games last year. The Jets definitely had a chance to win both of them. They're not a team I fear just yet. And it really is because of Josh Allen. I think their defense is very good. It'll make it very tough for the offense for the Jets and, you know, just like New England and Miami. But this isn't going to be a walk in the park, actually, by any means for the Buffalo Bills. It's their division to lose. As we go farther into the season and as, you know, these games are played out, I could see Buffalo, you know, up there. I'm going to put the Jets up there as one. Just, you know, I'm always going to be biased towards that, and that's my hope. You know, and then you got the Bills, and I, I don't really want to count out the Patriots just yet. 
you know, as far as we know, the Patriots, it's their division. It's always been their division. It's been their division since I can remember watching football <laughs> at yeah. this rate. How uh, long has Tom Brady been in the league? <laughs> no, it's too long. Uh, you know, obviously with him out of the division now, open. it does open it wide open for all the other teams in the division. But again, you know, you got Cam Newton over there. You still got Bill Belichick. No one misses some guys by opting out due to uh, COVID-19, especially on their defense. There'll be some uh, learning curves there, but I, I don't think New England's going to skip a beat. I think they're still going to be a well-respected uh, team, and they're going to be a tough beat each Sunday. Yeah, with Buffalo, their offense is a um, – I, I, I don't want to say underrated, but I guess I guess you can say underrated because when you look at position by position, you know their best player on offense is definitely Stephon Diggs. When you look at the running back position, you're looking at a starter as you know Devin Singletary. And then you look at John Brown, who actually had a very good year last year for the Bills. Cole Beasley, add him in there. They have they have a decent front line. Deion Dawkins being the best on their front line. Cody Ford also. Like you said, this this team goes as far as Josh Allen's going to take them, especially on offense. It's going to be interesting to see what what happens in the AFCs when it comes to the Bills. Yeah, and we'll give what we think their record's going to be at the end of this division preview. New York Jets. But yeah, we'll we'll move on to the New York Jets now, being that you want to talk about them. New York Jets. They're total. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm always going to want to talk about the New York Jets. <laughs> they, uh, uh, you know, as we move on, like I, I threw in some, you know, right there with the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets, the improvement will have to be made on the offensive side of the ball. You still got a lot of Jet fans out there that don't think we got Sam Darnold enough weapons. But I've always been a believer way back to watching uh, Peyton Manning and, you know, guys like Tom Brady. You know, you're going to make wide receivers in this league. If everything's working on all cylinders and the chemistry's there, you know, that's the beauty of the wide receiver position. I mean, there are a lot of ones out there that are very, very good. But you're always going to have guys that are getting created um, based on, you know, the play of their quarterback. And for Sam Darnold, you know, his play is going to have to, you know, elevate these receivers that we don't, you know, know about just yet. And I think that's going to be the biggest obstacle for the New York Jets is to be able to move the football. I think the defense is still going to be there. I think I have a lot of faith in Greg Williams losing guys like, you know, Jamal Adams. You know, our big hits. I, I am fully confident every man in that locker room right now, especially with him at the helm, commanding it all. I think that on one side, the New York Jets can find a way to, you know, move the ball offensively. And you're going to see a team that's going to be uh, pretty dangerous. Last year, obviously, they finished 7-9. and nine. They were 2-4 and four in the division. Obviously, playing the, the Patriots, you know, twice a year is, is always going to be hard. As we said earlier, Tom Brady's gone. Who knows what's going to happen in this division? That, that that was the one constant when it came to the AFC East was that the Patriots were going to win the division. Tom Brady is still there. That's it. And then whatever happens to the rest of the division, that's, that's going to happen. But last year, the Jets ranked 17th in turnovers. They ranked last in total offense. And they ranked 7th in total defense. Joe Douglas went with short-term deals in the offseason this year with 2021 in mind. This year they have a $30 million cap space. But me saying 2021 in mind, it's because they're supposed to have $81 million in cap space next year. And they're poised for a huge 2021 free agent. So 
it's going to be very interesting to see what the Jets do next year. I think that's that's the year that everybody's waiting for when it comes to the Jets because they have so much money in in cap space. But the Jets gave up the third most sacks in the league. They posted 35 sacks as a team, and four of them came from a defensive end. Well, the offensive line, there was no doubt, was a big issue for the New York Jets last year. And this was well known even preseason. I'm pretty sure I had made some awareness that both New York teams were uh, struggling on that side of the trenches. You know, we have talked about on this show so many times about how important, you know, the offensive line and the defensive line of your team are. The trenches are everything. And getting that push is going to be a big reason why you win and lose ball games. And for the Jets, they got zero push. You know, and it's a perfect proof that uh, Le'Veon Bell is a great running back, more than capable. He's been doing it for years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And unfortunately, they uh, they couldn't get him going at all last year. I think it had a big part to go with uh, why Sam Darnold uh, struggled at times. But I think for the New York Jets, you know, that revamped offensive line I and mean, just getting anybody else in there. And it's not a discredit to the guys that were in there last year. It's just obviously, uh, you know, this is not an easy thing to do. The chemistry is going to have to be there. I think this, that's what this season is going to be all about. You know, you talk about 2021. You know, the New York Jets are going to have to find a way to get some rhythm with yeah. their offense and start finding a groove. And I thought towards the end of last year they did a decent job at that. You know, there was a lot of games last year to be forgotten for the New York Jets. Obviously the Patriot game, the Ghost game. Obviously the fact that Sam Darnold being out for a bunch of weeks to begin with. With mono, yeah. Um, with, yeah, mono and, or COVID, who knows? You, know? <laughs> yeah. you, you don't know. You don't know at now. This point. Who knows what it was? <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, the Jets missed him for a couple of weeks, and it was early on in the season, and this was coming off a game, you know, they had just beaten the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you know, they, they, last season wasn't looking that, you know, miserable for a New York Jet fan. And all of a sudden, overnight, it, uh, it went away. You had Sam Darnold get uh, sick, and Le'Veon Bell had gotten hurt maybe a couple of days later. It was probably one of the worst weeks for a Jet fan. One of the worst things you could think of, you know, losing two vocal points of your offense. So, you know, the Jets had a lot of uh, setbacks last year, and for obvious reasons. You know, losing guys like C.J. Mosley, Sam Darnold, and Le'Veon Bell, you're not coming back from that. No. You know, you talk about being a Cowboy fan, and we'll get into them a little bit later, but it's just as equivalent as losing like a Dak Prescott, Zeke oh, Elliott, yeah, and you know uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, you're not coming back from that. No, you know you're not going to be the same team without those guys, and you know that's how important they are. But I think uh, going into this season, I think the Jets, you know, they have just as good a chance as anybody else in this division. Miami Dolphins. We have obviously haven't talked about the Miami Dolphins yet. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the expectations for teams like you know the New York Jets and the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills are going to be pretty high. And I think the one team that we're really, you know, excluding from this is the Miami Dolphins. I do think that they have a lot to prove this year. I think everything that gone on last year, I think last year came as a little bit of a disaster. But I think they have a great head coach. I'd be confident in him as my, him as my head coach. I think every Dolphin fan should be very, very lucky to have someone like him. I think he really is going to be a difference maker for Miami, especially because the situation there was just abysmal. And it had nothing to do with the organization. You just The players there just didn't want to play there. And it's unfortunate because there's really not much not to like about Miami, Florida. So it's going to be an interesting year for Miami. They have a lot to prove. But I think when it comes down to it, the expectations are really at another level for the three other teams in that division. But it'll be a lot. It'll be very interesting to see how Miami 
you know what they can come up with this season. Yeah, so going into Miami, they they went five and eleven last year. They were two and four in the division. Like you were saying, they they're at the bottom, but not only at the division, they're at the bottom of the league when it comes to everything. I mean, they ranked. Well, they have a lot to prove. This yeah, they they ranked twenty seventh in total offense. They ranked thirtieth in total defense. They ranked twenty ninth in turnovers. When you talk about some of the guys that they bring in, you know, they brought in a, a veteran like Kyle Van Noy, which, which is huge. They bring in Shaq Lawson, which is huge. They bring in Byron Jones, give him the top cornerback, defensive back contract. They add Jordan Howard. They add Eric Flowers. You know, so they added guys in positions that they needed, that they struggled well, they needed in. Everything last well, year, yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. Like, they, but I like Byron Jones. I'm yeah. a big fan of him. I wanted him to come to the Jets. Listen, I, I liked Byron Jones. Did I think he was worth that money? Absolutely not. But No, not at all. But you know what? It's it's just the way that the the market is, you know, that that's what it comes down to when it, you know, when you're talking about guys like that. But you know, they had a whole trunk full of of draft picks in, you know, in this draft. You know, you add Tua Tagovailoa, you know, the these are guys in positions that they needed. Obviously, losing Minka Fitzpatrick last year, they, sh- they had no choice. They, they had, had to yeah, they assets. had to. And I mean, he's like you know totally revitalized in in Pittsburgh. But you know, just looking at this team, you know, as a whole, they they're a team that there's a question mark next to it. You don't know what they're gonna do. As you were t- talking about with their coach, their coach is a very good coach. And he's someone that you want to, like, run through a wall for, you know. And that's the guys that they have in that locker room. You you have that kind of sense that they can really flip this division upside down if they really wanted to. You know, if they, if they have a decent season, this whole division is flipped upside down. Because who knows? You know, we don't know what we're going to get from the New England Patriots, which we're going to talk about next. New England Patriots. You know, we have no idea what we're going to get from them because we haven't seen them without Tom Brady in however long he's been playing. What, 16 years or whatever it is? So, you know, this is this is one of the most interesting divisions when we're talking about, you know, just not knowing. We have no idea because of... You know, one player leaving, <laughs> one player leaving has just turned this division up for grabs, really. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's that's honestly, and I'm a Jet fan, so I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I like Tom Brady a lot. Obviously, Tom Brady is what he is. I mean, he's a great yeah. player. For people to believe that he's going to go to Tampa Bay right now and make a humongous difference there, I'm a strong believer that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, were a good team last year, you know, decent at best, but... There's no doubt that they you couldn't move the ball as much as they did, and they still had a very, very hard time winning games. It takes a full team to win in this league, and I don't think that one player is really going to do that. I do think that Cam Newton is more than capable of handling an offense, so especially a Bill Belichick run offense. I'm not really – I'd probably be more worried about New England this year than Buffalo. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's my personal opinion. There's no particular order. But coming from a Jet fan perspective, I'm more worried about, you know, 
the game against the New England Patriots than I am against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they, they listen, they still have Bill Belichick. So that's they're a very difficult team to beat with you him in town. Exactly. And, and you know what? Again, there there's the unknown because really all we know Bill Belichick is with Tom Brady and that that mm-hmm. form of of play. You know, you're looking at a pocket passer, you're looking at yep. three yard passes, you know, crisscrosses. That that that's the stuff that you're normally watching when it comes to the Patriots. But now you're talking about Adding a guy like Cam Newton with a big arm, mm-hmm. he's got the wheels, he's a big body, he can run like a, a running back. So this is where you you kind of see Bill Belichick's wheels turning in his head because now we're going to see a different side of, of Bill Belichick, and that's that's what I'm interested to see when it comes to you know the Patriots, just how they're going to play this out. How are they gonna, going to be? You know, adding Cam Newton, I had a feeling after he was released, I had a feeling that the Patriots were going to look into him because, you know, that was the one team that really needed a quarterback. And who knows? Cam Newton might not even start. You know, we have no idea. Because going no, he's, into. Uh, he's definitely starting. That, so do, no, I, actually, no, I have no, that I feeling. I actually too, have but. like insider information. Oh, There's no doubt us. that they're leaning him. And it would be an utter shock to the entire organization if he wasn't starting week one. Yeah. Just so, based on uh, the way practices have gone over there. Again, I'm no pro, but this is just insider information I've gotten is that there's no doubt that uh, Cam Newton will be starting for New England week one. Yeah. But so, I would say it's like 90 and 10%, but that's leading towards like 99% right now. Yeah. So when we're talking about New England, New England, obviously, when it comes to COVID-19 now, they have had plenty of players opt out. They have the <laughs> most players opting out in the NFL when it comes to COVID-19. Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Marquise Lee, Najee mm-hmm. Turan, Dan Vitale, Matt Lacoste, Brandon Bolden, and Dante Hightower. And yeah. these guys are not, you know, the the low end of their, their salary, basically. Yeah. These guys are these guys are getting top salary, especially Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon, Dante Hightower. So do I think Bill Belichick had, had anything to do with this? Who knows? <laughs> you know, you you really don't know. You know, because when you're really looking at it, obviously there's a quarterback coming out out of college this year, and you know the Patriots have their eyes on him, and that's Trevor Lawrence. You know, uh, another guy that he, you know, Bill Belichick can fine tune to to be a great quarterback. But I think adding Cam Newton kind of dampered that because you know what cam newton can win games cam cam Absolutely. newton can win you games and it's not 100%. like the patriots are terrible you know you just yep. you just lost your quarterback and you re-signed devin mccourty you re-signed matt slater joe thuney jason mccourty listen the patriots are no slouch we're not we're not taking we're not saying that the patriots are going to be the last place team now but do I think they're going to be the number one team in this division? I don't think so. It's just going to be closer. Yeah. I mean, I think after really analyzing each and every team like we just have, there's no doubt to put that basically this division is very unpredictable. Uh, not really sure who's going to win. I think it's going to be very competitive. And I think even Miami, like you said, with the uh, additions that they've made, they have a lot to prove. And I think they can get themselves right back into the talk themselves. And I think, uh, 
you know, the winner of this division is a mystery right now. And, uh, you know, obviously the only thing I'm going to go off is my bias and I'm going to go with the New York Jets. All right. So we might as well. That's my personal opinion. We might as well pick it our division winners and what we feel like this division is going to end up. And I guess I'll start. I feel as though, you know, you're not going to be happy, but I feel as though it's going to be Buffalo, New England, Jets, and Miami. I, f- I feel like with when it comes to the Jets, I, I just, like, I feel like. Well, they know, didn't losing, move the ball because their offensive line yeah, is terrible. It's, it's different. I mean. I I I'm going off just the fandom right there yeah, as being absolutely. the reason as to why I think they're going to win the division. But you got to play the games, and I, you know it's really I'm very high on Sam Darnold. I expect him to make uh, adjustments. I did trade for him in fantasy football in a two quarterback league. I expect him to make strides and get himself to be an elite level quarterback because that's exactly where we drafted him. We drafted him third overall for a reason, and that's because we expect him to be an elite quarterback and. He's got to make those strides, and in order to make those strides, that's the only way the New York Jets are going to find a way to win this division this year. Absolutely. So before you give the rest of your division, let's just look at the the strength of schedule. Toughest to easiest. The toughest schedule is the New England Patriots. The second toughest schedule is the New York Jets. And the third toughest schedule is the Miami Dolphins. So when we're talking about the Buffalo Bills... Buffalo Bills are fifth, tied for fifth. The AFC East has a very tough schedule this year. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And, you know, just looking at the New England Patriots having the toughest schedule, you know what? That that may change my I, – I, the thing is, to me, the Jets and the Patriots are at, at the same level. You know, it can go either way. I think that they're going to be – a game or two off of each other. Mm-hmm. So it can go either way when it comes to second place. I just I just feel like the Buffalo Bills are the the sure cut number one team in this division just because of what we saw last year making the playoffs, getting through that first round. I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna be a tough team, especially this year. But you know what? A lot of this changes now because you know, no fans in the stands other than being able to play in your own stadium as being home field advantage. There's really not that that home feel without the fans. So, you know, Buffalo mm-hmm. is a very tough place to play, and that's different now because the fans aren't there. So, yeah. but give your the rest of You got the Jets number one, and then what do you got the rest of the way? You know, I'm going to go with the Patriots, Jets, Patriots, Bills, and then Miami. I got to see more out of Josh Allen. That's all it really comes down to. I think Stephon Diggs is a well-capable wide receiver. And I know they've gotten themselves to be better. But at the same time, uh, they have a lot to prove to me. And obviously, uh, they have a great defense over there. There's no denying it. It's just the Patriots have just been good for so long. Sometimes that could be a mental thing, even if it's for the coaches. It has nothing to do with the players on the field. You know, I'm going to go to Jets because of bias. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, I think Bill Belichick is well aware of how to win football games in the NFL. And I think Buffalo, again, especially after a great season last year and, you know, being able to advance beyond the first round, they, you know, they just they don't they're not considered a threat. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah. I think Josh Allen has got to make some strides just as much as Sam Darnold. They're really those two teams come down to the strides their quarterbacks make. Absolutely. You know, if Sam Darnold doesn't stride then the Jets don't stride. And if Josh Allen doesn't shine then neither will the uh, Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So we're going to move on. 
I, I'm glad that we started with the AFC East because that was that's such a toss up of a of a division. I guess we can move on to another toss up of a division. NFC East. And that's the NFC East. We're going with the East here. Dallas Cowboys. So first we'll start off. We'll go off with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys had a very, very, very interesting offseason. They finally move on from Mr. 8-8, eight eight, Jason Garrett. As the Cowboys finished last season 8-8, eight eight, they were 5-1 and one in the division, which is, I mean, going 8-8 eight and, eight and being able to go 5-1 and one in the division, it, there's a problem there. there. There really is a problem there. Their total cap space this year is $7.7 million, but they add Mike McCarthy, then Mike McCarthy adds Mike Nolan, John Fossil, Jim Tomsula, Joe Philbin, Al Harris. These are guys, you know, as this was going down, Mike McCarthy adding these coaches and this and that, you know, it just started to look like that, you know, they were really adding a, a powerhouse of a coaching staff, and I loved every minute of it. The Cowboys this year, they signed Amari Cooper to a five-year deal. Blake Jarwin to a three-year deal. Dak Prescott was franchised. They brought back Sean Lee for a year. You know, you add guys like Antoine Woods. You know, you re-sign him. But then you lose. They lost a lot this year. They lost, you know, Tavon Austin, Connor McGovern, Malcolm Smith, Byron Jones, Malik Collins, Michael Bennett, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, Robert Quinn, Travis Frederick, uh, Jeff Heath, Kayvon Frazier. These are all... Guys that played big time roles for the Cowboys last year, you know, and then you go into the draft, you add CeeDee Lamb first, you get Trayvon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, um, you know, then you add a guy like Bradley and a, you know, closer to the end with in the fifth round, you add guys like Andy Dalton, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, Don Terry Poe. Haha Clinton Dix, Greg Zerline, you know, they, they had a very, very good offseason. And I loved every minute of it. And it, it's making the Dallas Cowboys a tougher team, especially the way that Mike McCarthy wants to play. The, the thing is, with Jason Garrett under helm, when it came to the Dallas Cowboys, you knew what you were going to get. They were a very, very predictable team. And that's the thing this year, is that nobody knows what Mike McCarthy's going to do with this team. So the Cowboys are a... An interesting team, basically. So I'm I'm excited to see what the Dallas Cowboys can bring this year. And obviously, we just got done with you talking about your bias, and I bring some of my bias in. <laughs> I don't blame you for bringing your bias in. You know, being a Cowboy fan at all, I expect them to win the division. There's no doubt about it. I expect them to win the division last year year before that but they continue to disappoint i'll be honest i you know there's really no other way to put it i mean they're they're too talented yeah they really are too talented of a team i mean i don't think philadelphia is that talented i don't think they so were either. last year they had great front but they've lost guys they're older Wentz, you know let me know when you when you make it 16 games <laughs> when it comes down to it that division for the most part you know, you got Philly and Dallas. You feel like it's going to be a competition between the two of them. <laughs> but, you know, the Giants, who knows? You know, they're 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 like I feel like the Giants and the Jets are the same are in the same boat of their division. Yeah. You got two teams that are really going to be really good. 
and you're trying to just catch up to them. Personally, I think New England and Buffalo are both going to be really well-rounded teams, just as much as I think Philly and Dallas are. And the Giants got to find a way to win games against these teams. And you got obviously you got like the Washington, who's like the Miami of the AFC East. So it's these both of these divisions look very similar. So it really goes about to what we were talking about with the AFC East. You know, when I see the Buffalo Bills, I you know I think of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. When I think of the New England Patriots, I'm thinking of the Dallas Cowboys, Jets and Giants, and then Washington Miami. You know, it's very very similar in that standpoint. So Dallas division to lose, you know, they I feel like they have the most talent. I think adding C D Lamb did nothing but just increase it. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse for Dak Prescott. I think the contract talks with him need to stop. I really don't think it's realistic that you're gonna get this kind of money. Especially since I don't think the NFL is gonna be making money this year at all. Well when and it, when it came it's just hard to, to pay all these guys. When it came to Dak Prescott, obviously they said that they were close to a deal with like minutes remaining on the deadline. Dak Prescott went on I'll tell you about right now, two weeks the, ago. Once, like, once everything's signed, Dallas is going to find themselves in a really, really well, yeah. hurtful situation. You have when, too much talent on that team to really pay someone like that that kind of money. Because the Dallas Cowboys shouldn't even be losing one game with the talent they have on the field. Their <laughs> offensive line is no doubt the best offensive line in football. There's no losing doubt. Losing Travis Frederick hurts, but... You know, yeah, it I, does hurt a lot. It really does, missing out your center. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah. But obviously, there was no doubt they had the best offensive line the last couple of years. So this is where Dak needs to prove himself. You know, listen, you don't have the best offensive line this year. You've had better. Yeah. You should have won Super Bowl already. Yeah. Let's see what you could do here. And you got to earn your money. Well. You know, I feel like him asking for that kind of money after a season like last year was just unfair for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And, you know, as, and that whole situation, I don't even really want to get too much into it. But their go as high as Dak Prescott is going to bring them. That's you know I should probably say that they're more similar to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Like let's see what Dak will bring, and it, it, you'll see Dallas yeah. the rest of the way be able to ride the wave. I mean you have pass rushers on the other side of the field. Their their defense is something else. Yeah, their you know their I'm, defense I'm, I'm, really I play stuck. Madden, and they're a team I'm looking at to use <laughs> yeah. as you know the chemistry build up because yeah. they have so many great defenders. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I was saying, Dak Prescott. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm, I'm pissed. Be. I'm pissed about the Gerald McCoy, but it looks like they're gonna try to bring him back next year, so we'll see. But in terms of Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott fired his agent about a week after the whole deadline. So in my mind, I had a feeling that the agent was the reason why this whole thing was dragging out. And at the end, it couldn't get done because the agent screwed him over. So I think Dak Prescott probably should have a long-term deal by now. But now, obviously, we have to wait until the, the end of the season. So we're not going to hear anything about a contract you know, for the whole season until the offseason. So we'll see what happens. But we'll move on. Philadelphia Eagles. To uh, the next team, as we were talking about, Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are another team that you don't know because... Carson Wentz can't stay on the field. And this is a team that's going to go as far as he's going to bring them. You know, they trade for Darius Slay, which is a big-time, you know, cornerback on the other side of the ball. You know, you re-sign Corey Clement, Vinnie Curry, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Jason Peters. Jason Peters was big because, you know, that tackle, you know, that's a, that's a big mm-hmm. that's a big spot that you need. 
you know, you lose Malcolm Jenkins, you lose Nigel Bradham, who's now a free agent because New Orleans released him. Darren Sproles retired. You know, and then you draft a guy like Jalen Rieger. And then the one guy that turned Phillies fans' stomachs upside down and even the draft upside down was Jalen Hurts in the second round. So yeah. it's it's very interesting with this team. You know, they bring in Marcus Goodwin, uh, Marquise Goodwin, and then he opts out. So, you know, they're they're looking at 24 mil in salary cap this year. This is another team, you know, as you were saying, this is a team that, you know, is a very good team, but can also be that, you know, a couple of things going wrong and they could be a very bad team, <laughs> you know, of so course. it's, it's, it's tough. They, I, I feel like they don't have that much depth when it comes to this team and I still believe, and I've believed this for a very long time that the Dallas Cowboys are a better team than the Eagles, no matter, you know, the last last year, the year before, the year before that. I, I just, I don't see the talent, you know, comparison between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know. Oh, there is none. And there hasn't been the last three years That's either. what I'm so saying. So you got to figure out a way to get over the hump. And yeah. I, I think, it, honestly, I think it falls on Dak Prescott. It does. It, Someone it, like Nick Foles can come in for, to Philly and excel. Yeah. And you're talking Dak, who's looking for thirty million a year, can't get this team to the top of the division. So yeah. that's that's the most alarming part. Alarming part. And then I also think that the NFL salary cap will go down, yeah. like you talked about earlier with the New York Jets having eighty-one million dollars. That's going to go down because they're going to cut money off these salary caps. Because how else are you paying these players? The, the uh, as far as I know, there are only a select few stadiums that are going to allow fans, and I can only imagine what the experience will be like. And I don't think I'll have any interest in going to do that. As the average fan, I don't think it'll be interesting to do something like that. You're going to go to a game with your friend, but you got to be six six feet away. You know, you want to you hug somebody when your team does good. It's just, and, and guess what? I'm going to watch a game from my living room and I can hug someone without the judgment of the rest of the world. The NFL has got a huge hump to go over right now. And I think for these teams, when it comes to preparing for next year because of the unpredictability, it's hard to pay people right now. It's a big problem with the Jets have with Jamal Adams, Dallas has with Dak Prescott, and we'll just see how uh, it further pans out. Yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll move on. New York Giants. To the Giants. The Giants are very, as you were saying, a very unpredictable team. You know, we don't know. You know, this is this is just another another division that really can go anywhere. I mean – I still think that the Cowboys are a, a higher team. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys, and then there's you know spaces, and then it's the rest of the NFC East. That's how I, I feel, and I and no, and it's I'm not even using my my bias on that. I just honestly feel talent wise, the Dallas Cowboys are up here, and the rest of the NFC is, uh, NFC East is down here. So you look at a team like the Giants, they they finished four and twelve last year, two and four in the division. They add a new coaching staff with Joe Judge as the head coach, a rookie head coach, followed under Bill Belichick. You make some re-signings. I mean, this team, you lose Eli Manning. They added guys like James Bradbury. They added Blake Martinez. Two very good players on the defensive side of the ball. They add Colt McCoy as a backup. Deion Lewis as a backup. 
they did well in the draft. You know, they draft Andrew Thomas, a tackle, something that they needed more than anything in the world. <laughs> they add Xavier McKinney, which is the safety that I wanted. You know, so they did well in the draft. They did well in the offseason. You know, they didn't lose much. They didn't really gain as much, but they gained, you know, players that they needed. You know, you re-sign Marcus Golden. You re-sign Leonard Williams, obviously, through a franchise tag. This is another team. I just, I, I don't see them getting past the third spot in this division. Well, again, you talked about all these additions they made, and Andrew Thomas obviously could be a difference maker, but he's one guy, and they lost Nate Soldier. The offensive line is going to be very similar. You're going to see similar troubles for the New York Giants as you did last year. Any Giant fan that's willing to say anything different is just, just being, you know, <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> they're just, they're just, they're just trying to be not aware. Yeah. They're not aware of what's going on. I have the same concerns for the Jets, so it's not like I'm being biased here. The Jets have a lot to prove with their offensive line. It has to be better. And just like the Giants has to be better, I just don't see if it's – I don't see it happening for either team so far right now. But, you know, obviously that's why we play the games and, you know, we'll see how the division pans out. As, you know, but the Giants are going to go as far as their offensive line goes and hopefully Daniel Jones doesn't get hit as much and therefore less fumbles and you got a better I, chance of winning ball games. I mean, looking at this division and when you're talking about pass rush, I think Daniel Jones they all is going to be, <laughs> Daniel so gonna be running it. for his life. <laughs> Even Washington now with the yeah. new addition of their draft pick. Yeah. So, you know, you you got to protect your quarterback. And it's really as we'll see how good and how effective the Giants can do that. And based on how effective they're able to protect their quarterback, it's going to be the biggest difference on whether or not they end up being over or under 500 this year. So now we'll move on. Washington Redskins. To the Washington Redskins. I'm not calling them a Washington football team because that just sounds stupid. So they, you they Washington, good <laughs> yeah, up. But uh, uh, yes, yeah, see, I don't know. You know, we haven't actually talked about that. We really uh, have subject a lot. My perspective, personally, is just basically it's not worth my uh, stress. Yeah, I guess is no, the best that, way to put it. And I, that's other the reason people, why we haven't. Other people value things differently. That's yeah. the beauty of planet Earth and different people around because people will value things differently. Some yeah. people find that to be a, an amazing concern of theirs. For me, it, it really just goes you know, right over my head. It's not relevant to me, but obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not offended by it. There are some people out there that are offended by it and it's absolutely understandable. The circumstances that have been made me personally, I don't care. I mean, I care about, I, I just like watching football. I yeah. mean, this kind of other stuff. I don't care what their names are. I don't care the names of the teams. I don't even, I barely care about the names of the players. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, yeah. You know, you're making a lot of money. Yeah. I don't need, you know, you're popular. I don't, you know, you're like, you know, you're famous kind of thing. It's, yeah. you know, just play football. That's really what I, I want to watch the product. And, you know, and, I'm a, that's the kind of football fan I am. I'm, I'm a big fan of the product. I think the game is just such a great game. The concept of the game, every aspect of it. And I love football in that standpoint. But when it comes to the Washington Redskins and everything they did with their name, it's understandable. I personally on this show don't care yeah. what they do with the name. I don't care what they call them after. I don't care if that's going to offend someone else after it's, it's, it's not my, yeah, cause and I don't that, get offended. I really just neither, don't. And that's the thing. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we didn't talk about this is because we have the same outlook on this whole thing. And it's at that point where it's like, I don't really care. I, I don't care about a team name. It's not going to offend me. Obviously I'm not in that part to be offended, but I'm not easily offended you know, you can call me short. You could call whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I like. I don't get offended like that. So when it comes to a thing that 
has nothing to do with me. You know, it, it just I, I don't care. I'm not gonna call a team a Washington football team. So I'm not I'm, gonna care what to call them. I just you, let's talk about uh, what they're expected yeah. of the season because that's really our job. Exactly. Here. Our job so, isn't to care about you know how offended or exactly. when people are offended or what's a, what the, what we should call Washington, what we shouldn't call Washington. Exactly. Don't care. So okay, just let me give me football. It's really like <laughs> yeah. that's what a lot of people in this world need right now. Exactly. It's football entertainment. Not reasons to get stressed out because I feel like there are plenty of other reasons out there oh, yeah. to get stressed out in this world. Take football as a you know a way of enjoyment. You know you got to enjoy the game. Don't find the little pieces in it that are going to frustrate you because yeah. exactly. there are plenty of things that are going to frustrate you with football. Take it from me, I'm a New York Jet fan, so <laughs> things are going to frustrate you that actually matter on the field. I mean, really being frustrated by something off the field. Good, get rid of the name. That's fine. Just don't find a new name. Don't give me any more drama with this because this is nonsense. Yeah. This is not This is not part of the game of football. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the actual sport. It has to do with a bunch of rich people and what they chose as names and products and yeah. jersey sales. And this is people making money. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is not relevant to the oh, game yeah. of football and, you know, what I like to see, which is a product on television every Sunday. So the Washington- As far as Washington, no, Chase Young, great pass rusher. Still going to have trouble moving the ball. <laughs> I made fun of a friend of mine earlier. He he kept uh, Dwayne Haskins as a keeper. Uh, I had to have him look him up for me because I couldn't find him on the list. <laughs> it's going to be a very, very difficult season. I think Terry McLaurin is more than capable of a number one wide receiver. And I personally believe that they're just going to have troubles. I think they find ways to win games. I don't think they're going to be as bad as Miami was. I think, my, I think, again, like I said, similar to Washington being like Miami. I think Washington makes strides just as much as Miami. It has a lot to prove in this division. And you know, obviously, we'll see what kind of player Chase Young is, and hopefully, he's an effective pass rusher because that'll be a big difference in Washington finding ways to win games this year. So now, Washington ended last year three and thirteen. They were zero and six in the division. The biggest issue with Washington this year is how many departures they had that were actual starters. You know, you have guys like Vernon Davis retiring, Jordan Reed. Donald Penn, Trent Williams, Eric Flowers, Quinton Dunbar, Josh Norman, Dominique rogers Cromarty, you know, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Chris Thompson. You know, these are guys that played a role for Washington last year. And then you add a guy like Kyle Allen as, you know, a third quarterback because we just got word, was it last week or the week before, that Alex Smith is activated. You know what? Listen. Dwayne Haskins had his troubles last year. Dwayne Haskins still having some of his troubles in, in um, training camp. I would not like. I, listen, I don't know what you're gonna get from Alex Smith because I watched the video of him getting the champagne bath by his kids and everything like that. He didn't look like he was walking right. You know, for a guy that basically had his knee shredded, you don't yeah. know what you're gonna get from him. So who knows if he if he'll even be able to compete with Dwayne Haskins? I think he's Alex Smith is always going to be a very good quarterback, not great, but a very good quarterback that can put your team in a in a, a good position. What you're going to get from Dwayne Haskins this year, another year under his belt, who knows? We'll see. I I just don't see the Redskins really taking that extra hump, you know, more than what they've done last year. You know, they add Ronald Darby, Thomas Davis, Kendall Fuller. 
I just oh, come don't on. Think, I mean, I don't we think can go into this all we want. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're, they're very just, similar. They're going to have to find <laughs> yeah. ways to win games. You can make all the additions you want. But again, like we talked about, it's the Dallas division. Every other team is another step in front. My order I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Dallas, Philly, Giants, Washington. I'm pretty sure everybody in America is going to do that same order. You know, obviously it's subject to change and it'll be an interesting season to say the least. But Washington, uh, you know, made some great additions. And, you know, Alex Smith, this isn't even relevant right now. Yeah, we'll see how it is when he's on the field. You know, again, I'm I'm not going to look into how he's walking and in little <laughs> home videos. Yeah. I'm very happy for him. I think when you bring up Alex Smith, I think the one thing to bring up is that you should be happy for him. I think he's uh, he's just a, you know, the way he's going about it. Uh, he came back from a very serious injury. Obviously, I saw it. It was serious as hell. I'm glad he made a full recovery. Do I think he's going to make an impact this season with the football season with the Washington Redskins? I do not. Yeah. And it's not at fault of him. You know, it's again, I think that I'm a big believer of football being a full a full team. Yeah. You need team of talent. And right now there's no doubt the Dallas Cowboys own that talent, the most talent in that division. Uh Philly's a very close second. The Giants are even a close third as well. They got a lot of talent. They like you said, the additions you made, the Washington Redskins additions have been really well. But again, I think at the same time, there's no doubt Dallas owns the majority of this talent that this division has to offer and I'm pretty sure they're gonna win the division and the other three teams, yeah, you know, I could see two of these teams also making it in the wild card. So my order is obviously the same as yours, Dallas, Philly. I think everybody Giants in America has the same yeah. order. Running up the score. Fantasy football advice. Defense. Now we're gonna move on to the, the fantasy portion of this episode. We're doing defenses. I'm going to give you a top – I'll give you the stats, and I want, to, I want you to give me what you're, you're thinking. From SportingNews.com, I got a defensive ranking for fantasy. I'm just going to give you the top ten. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, New England, Chicago, Baltimore, Buffalo, Minnesota, Kansas City, Chargers, and the Saints. The sleepers that they had was the Chargers, Seattle, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Cleveland. Now – Last year, there's a thing called Havoc. There's a, a stat called Havoc. It's tackles for a loss, plus forced fumbles, plus interceptions, plus pass defense, and plus pressures. So now, the top 10 in that was Pittsburgh, San Francisco, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Philly, New England, Rams, Baltimore, and Minnesota. The only defense to rank among the top 10 in Havoc and not in fantasy points was Philadelphia, and they ranked 14th. So when we're talking about strength of schedule, now I remember last year you brought up, which I never even thought of, but you brought up playoff weeks when you're looking into the draft. And that's actually a, it's a, funny because that's exactly what I was just looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, so um, I have I have them written down. That's perfect because then you get an idea. You know, you want to talk about defenses, and you know we can go into this whole thing about who's ranked the highest and who's going to be the best. Nobody had the New England Patriots being as well as they are. It's almost like a like a luck factor on the basis you want your defense to get a touchdown. A, a defense gets you a touchdown or a kick return for a touchdown. Special teams is included. That'll take over anything they do on the defensive side of the ball like give up points which is relevant to the fantasy output yeah for a defense i think the best and most important thing to do is you got a lot of teams out there that will draft a defense that has a great matchup week one 
Me personally, I think San Fran is a great matchup for the whole season. I, that's probably the defense I'm going to go with in most leagues. So you know, again, you got you got teams like the Bills. They will have to take on the Patriots in Foxborough. It's a great defense, but it's a crappy situation to be in. So do you, you want to hear their playoff San weeks? Francisco in the semifinal week, which is week 15, the most important week in fantasy football, folks. More important than week 16. Everyone talks about championship week. You got to get to the championship game. It's everything. Yeah. And the way to get to the championship is winning in week 15. And then even the San Francisco 49ers they find Dallas. themselves in Dallas, yeah. which is also a very tough matchup. <laughs> they, they're very good 14 and 16. 15, you're going to have to find a hole. So you're really not really based on one defense. I don't really think defense is too relevant. You just really want to get yourselves good matchups. You don't want to have a team going up against the powerhouses like the Packers yeah. and who are the you know the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore the teams that you cannot stop are the teams you don't want your defense going up against. That's probably the most basic relevance I can give you when it comes to defense and fantasy football. Matchups are everything. So now when we're talking about see now I I've looked at different rankings, different places that that had rankings. A lot of the rankings I saw were Pittsburgh number one defense. Now when you look at the playoff weeks and by playoff weeks your usually average is week 13 to week 17. That's that's like the average. So now when we're talking about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has home against Washington, away at Buffalo, away at Cincinnati, home against Indy, and away at Cleveland. So that's and What weeks are those? Week 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And who's that for? That's for Pittsburgh. Those are good matchups. That's, that, that's good matchups. For but, I mean, again, we are so early in the season. Oh, generally. yeah, There's absolutely. so much that can go into play. I mean, for all I know, the Dallas Cowboys could lose Elliott and Dak Prescott. I'm not trying to throw that out there. I know yeah. you just kind of had your yeah, eyes open wide open. Let's, let's not talk about that. It's, but it's 100% a possibility. Anybody can get hurt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, in the NFL. And you don't want, you know, you're going to want those matchups later on in the year. So as the season progresses, you kind of want to get, you know. Keep an eye on You might not own the defense yeah. right now, but it could be a defense like the Chargers who are going to take on the Panthers. Now, the Panthers' starting quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. Let's say that all of a sudden we're at this point of the season. He's not their quarterback anymore. He got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater's been hurt before, so yeah. it's understandable. Now you got a quarterback in there. You're not even sure who's going to be playing. How effective are they going to be? I'm going to want that defense in there. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to happen I mean, all the time. You're going to you're going to get quarterbacks get hurt. A quarterback gets hurt every year in the NFL. Absolutely. It's understandable. They try to protect them, but we're all human. We yeah. all get hurt. Our bodies can only take so much. The guys in this league are now more powerful, faster than ever before. Guys are going to get hurt in this situation. It's an unfortunate part of the game, but it still is a part of the game. So, you know, based on that, so much can happen. I don't really think there's too much to go into when it comes to defense. I do like the Pittsburgh matchups, like you're saying, but who knows? These, de- you know, these these teams we're talking about that have mediocre offenses. You know, people talk about the Jets could have a mediocre offense. Yeah. If Sam Darnold turns it on this year, just a different standpoint. I mean, well, like just a perfect example with the Jets. You know, last year they have, yeah. you know, what was it the first six weeks or whatever? Darnold ends up with mono, then. As a Cowboys fan, that they play turned into great <laughs> yeah. matchups. As as a Cowboys <laughs> fan, you're going into playing the Jets, and you're like, "All right, this is this is easy." Darnold comes back for that game, and all of a sudden, they torch the Cowboys defense. So that's 
a game that the Dallas Cowboys, and as a Cowboys fan, you're going into, I went to the game. You're going into that game thinking, all right, this is a win. And the Cowboys literally, you know, fall flat on their face. And the Jets look like they're about to turn it on for the rest of the season. And then you see what happens. So, it listen, when it comes to fantasy, if you're a an average fantasy player, if you're a guy that just kind of looks at, you know, once a week or whatever, you're not going to do going well. You're, yeah. you're well, not going to do well. too much into this defensive standpoint. You just want guys to get hurt. I mean, that, I'm, that sounds horrible, but you want guys yeah. to be out of the game. I don't want them to get hurt. Let them be sick, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't even catch COVID, but make them think it's COVID. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But that was a horrible statement to say. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I do not believe that people should be getting hurt, yeah. but it can be fortunate for you in fantasy football on defensive matchups. I don't think that it's that imperative to get a defense that's going to be dominant because there's no such thing as a dominant defense when yeah. you've got – a Patrick Mahomes and a Lamar Jackson, a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. These offenses are going to score no matter what. They are that talented. They have Absolutely. that much chemistry. And Devontae Adams has been with Aaron Rodgers forever. <laughs> you know, uh, Tom Brady has been with Gronk forever. Yeah. You know, Patty Mahomes and his entire arsenal. Travis same thing. Yep. You know, Lamar Jackson with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. And these guys have chemistry. Yeah. It don't matter what defense you can put the best you can put the Bills defense out there who I really do like. It's nothing against the Bills defense, but they're gonna give up points to these dominant offenses. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's basically uh, actually before we get out of here, let's just kind of talk about the the state of fantasy football when it comes to what's gonna happen this year because this year is different than any other year, and what you're going to be looking for. When you're going into fantasy football and going into your drafts and, and this and that, like, you know, it's it's a different year. And, you know, you got to start looking at, at bench positions, <laughs> you know, like it's not going to be whereas like you're you're done and you're like, all right, you know, well, let's just add this guy. Let's just add this guy. You actually have to start thinking about losing someone because of COVID. You know, this is a this is a new year. This is something that we've never dealt with before, especially in fantasy football. Um, so, you know, as I said, like you you have to be ready to have a depth on your roster. You know, it's not just some throwaway guy that you throw on your roster because that guy could end up being your starter because you know, as I said, someone could go down with COVID and we have no idea. We have no idea how this is going to work out. So, it's going to be interesting this year. Yeah, I honestly think that uh, when it comes down to, uh, you know, that that concept, you know, we've always talked about how you need the backups for your running backs and stuff like that because they're imperative in case your guys go down and your team doesn't skip a beat. This year, it goes more imperative than ever before. Yeah. And I even think it goes to the position, every position at this yeah. point, uh, even your quarterback. You know, your quarterback could be out for two weeks. You just don't know, you know, especially with COVID happening. I feel like the standard thing a lot of teams, have, you know, a lot of commissioners have done in leagues I've been in are adding another IR slot or adding another, you know, bench slot just to have more depth because of the circumstances. Fantasy will probably be different in a lot of standpoints this year. I think the game of football in general will be a lot <laughs> yeah. different, you know, with no fans and, you know, how effective is uh, home field advantage at this point? It probably won't be that effective. No. So we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But, 
you know, fantasy owners need to be uh, well aware of the circumstances surrounding this year and just try to get a, a lot of depth out there to handle all the injuries. Yeah, absolutely. So that will do it. The The next episode that we're going to do, we'll be talking about the AFC West and the NFC West and fantasy football position that we'll be getting into is tight ends. So you're not going to want to miss that one, but that will do it. I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. Be breezy. Be breezy. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on sports radio.